Welcome to the Harrison Faith Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor Brian Herring. It's our prayer. This message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. Now, instead of showing you another video or any more announcements, I thought I would just dive in. But before I do, maybe I should introduce myself. Some of you may not know me. My name is Sandra Herring. I am Pastor Brian's wife. And if you, if you are fairly new here, you probably don't know me because I try not to get up here for any reason. Um, this is not my comfort zone. I don't do this because I desire to. I do this because... Well, first of all, God asked me to, and then my husband asked me to, so, you know, I, um, I follow through with that. But, but what I want to talk about today, and the title of my message is Take Off Your Mask. So, obviously, with the year that we just experienced, you're probably thinking of a different kind of mask, right? You're, all of these nightmares are coming to your mind of the mask that you've had to wear for the last 12 months. But that's not the kind of mask that I want to talk about today. So we're going to read from Romans chapter 12, verse 9, in the Passion Translation. It says, Let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another, and never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Despise evil and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. In other versions, it says, Let love be without hypocrisy. The Aramaic of the word hypocrisy in this verse translates wearing a face mask. So whether we realize it or not, or even want to admit it or not, we all have a tendency to hide behind a mask. We hide behind masks for all sorts of reasons. We can pretend to be someone or something that we're not. We can conceal things about ourselves that we don't want other people to know. We can obscure things about ourselves that we can't bear to face. Using masks to hide from each other and to hide from ourselves, it's just human. We all do it. In fact, I think social media really helps us with that because, you know, it's really easy to be Facebook fine, right, and everything be falling apart behind the scenes. But covering up, it's nothing new. In fact, it started way back in the garden with Adam and Eve. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, in the Amplified Version, it says, And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed or embarrassed. And then you jump just a few scriptures into chapter 3, verse 10, and it says, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So one minute, they were completely themselves, unashamed, no hiding. And then the next, they were hiding. Why do you think that is? Sin. Sin entered to the world. They, they believed the lies of the enemy. They were introduced to shame, fear, doubt, jealousy, anger, unbelief, all the things that they didn't know before they were ashamed So when God created us, he created us for relationship with him and each other, and he created us for connection. This year, we've been focusing on one of our core values called life is better together. You may have seen the pink shirts, life is better together, because it really is. But when sin entered the world, when Adam and Eve believed the lies of the enemy and it entered, it created a divide. It created a divide between us and God, and we began to hide just like Adam and Eve. 
So I want to go back to that initial verse, um, Romans 12, 9, for a minute. And I just want to look at a few key words about this. The very first word, just a little word, the word let. Let means that we have control over this. That one little word shows that we have a choice. We tend to have this philosophy in our lives that, well, we just think what we think. We love who we love. We are who we are. You know, it's just who we are. You know, there, there's, no, there's no way I have a choice over it. But that is actually a lie from the enemy. We can choose what we allow in our lives. We can choose what our eyes see, what our ears hear. We can determine the direction of who we're going to become by being intentional every day in the choices that we make. We do have a choice, and that's what that one little word says to us. You have a choice. Let. And then the next word I want to pull out is love. There are four words for love in the Greek, but the one in this, and I, I mentioned that the other version of this scripture says, let love be without hypocrisy hypocrisy. So that's where I'm getting that word love, um, is agape. And agape is the highest form of love. In other scriptures, this is the kind of love that God shows for us. So Paul uses it here to describe how our love is supposed to be for each other. It's not fake. It's not supposed to be selfish. It doesn't put on an act. It doesn't wear a mask that hides other feelings or motives. It doesn't smile and say, everything's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. I'm good. It doesn't do that. It's pure. It's honest. It's genuine. And it's not a form of role-playing. That's the kind of love he's telling us to have. And then the word hypocrisy or hypocrite, it comes from an English word, Hippocrates, which means an actor or a stage player or one who hides behind a mask, expresses feelings that come from a script instead of from the heart. Ouch, right? We all have the things that we, you know, the words and the things that we say when somebody asks how we are. Yeah, I'm good. Everything's great. Life is wonderful. Kids are great. Yeah, you know, we have that script that we talk about. But we're not supposed to hide behind that mask. So... You may ask, why is this so important? Why is he telling us that it's very important for us to have this unselfish love for one another? So I want to read Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40. This is in the easy version. Yes, there is a version called the easy version. For people like me who like things really broken down so I can understand things. Jesus replied to him, you should love the Lord your God completely. Love him with all your mind. Love him with all that you are. Love him in all that you think. This is the greatest rule and the most important of all God's laws. The second rule is also important, like the first one. You should love other people as much as you love yourself. All God's laws that Moses gave us come from these two rules. All the things that the prophets wrote also come from them. So notice those words, completely all your mind, all that you are, all that you think. So how can we be all or completely who he created us to be if we remain in hiding? How are we supposed to be who he's called us to be if we remain in hiding? He liberates us from our masks so that we can see ourselves in each other as we truly are. 
as children of God. Just as with Adam and Eve, the enemy has many of us right where he wants us. He has us isolated, and he has us covered up. That's where he wants us. You know, last year, we were physically isolated. Um, we didn't have a choice. And, and as many of you saw, there was a lot of negative, you know, increased anxiety, increased depression, um, a lot of struggles by being physically isolated. But spiritually, a lot of us are still that way. We're still isolated. We're still covered up. We're still not reaching out and making connections with one another and with God. Covering up and staying isolated will forever hold us back from living a life of freedom, which is what God intended. And it's what he sent his son to pay for. Jesus Christ already paid the price for our sins. Why are we still hiding? He wants us to be free. He wants us to have freedom in him. Staying hidden also prevents us from having a relationship with the Lord and disables us from understanding our true identity. The Father's heart is that we always draw near to him. And when we do, we reflect his life to all those around us. But this can't happen when we stay covered up. Keeping a mask on will continue to prevent us from walking in the full inheritance and destiny God has for us. But scripture doesn't just address masks. It also addresses a veil that we often hide behind. I want to read a scripture. It's actually 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 13 through 18 in the Passion Translation. We are not like Moses who used a veil to hide the glory to keep the Israelites from staring at him as it faded away. Their minds were closed and hardened. For even to this day, that same veil comes over their minds when they hear the words of the former covenant. The veil has not yet been lifted from them, for it is only eliminated when one is joined to the Messiah. So until now, whenever the Old Testament is being read, the same blinding comes over their hearts. But the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. Now the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit. And wherever he is, Lord, there is freedom. We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his glory. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. That's powerful. Going back to verse 16, the moment we turn to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and we see and we experience freedom. Isn't that amazing? We can all draw near to him with the veil removed from our faces. Did you know that you don't have to clean up to come to the Lord? I mean, after you come to the Lord and you start living for him, you're going to want to clean up, but you don't have to do it before you come to him. You don't have to look the part just to come to Jesus. You can come to him as you are. You can take that veil off and that mask off. He already sees what's behind it. You don't have to hide from him anymore. He knows you, and he loves you just like you are. We don't have to make ourselves presentable or acceptable to God. But what we do have to do is we have to make ourselves utterly vulnerable, and that's what we don't like. We have to make ourselves utterly vulnerable to the love of God that will transform us. 
We have to come as we are, give, our, give ourselves to God as we are. We have to admit who we truly are. We have to face ourselves and take off our masks and remove the veil. And we have to take the risk, because it's a risk, that God really will embrace this hot mess. You know? I mean, right behind these masks are a lot of hot messes. And I know for a fact that he will accept you because he accepted me. And I have been a hot mess most of my life and still am. And he loves me and he accepts me just as I am. So I know he'll accept you. Verse 18 says, And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. Remember what we read in Matthew? Not only are we supposed to love the Lord our God, but also each other. And we can't do that when we're wearing our mask and we're hiding behind the veil. As I said earlier, whether or not we realize it or want to admit it, we are all probably hiding behind a mask. So let me ask you two questions. What is the mask you are hiding behind? And what are you trying to cover up? Is it shame? Satan is trying to play the same game he did way back in the Garden of Eden. Is it jealousy? Are you playing the comparison game? Unbelief? I heard someone say Satan tries to turn God's periods into question marks, always trying to make us doubt God's promises. Disappointment? Are you waiting? Don't feel like God will ever come through for you? Poor decisions? We all make them. Are you hiding behind a mask because of bitterness? unforgiveness is it sin Jesus already paid the price for you you don't have to hide pain from your past you can take that pain and learn from it and you can use it to help others we often feel the need to hide our brokenness our sin our pain and our suffering behind a mask of happiness and perfection we cover our fear of being hurt with a mask of anger Aloofness conceals our fear of rejection, and arrogance disguises self-doubt. 1 Peter 1.17 says, Since you call on him as your heavenly father, the impartial judge who judges according to each one's works, live each day with holy awe and reverence throughout your time on earth. That word works says no one will put on a face mask before him. None of us, these ladies, myself, you, can stand before God like this. We cannot stand before God like this with a mask on and be what he wants us to be. 1 Peter 2.1 says, So abandon every form of evil, deceit, hypocrisy, feelings of jealousy, and slander. You and I will never be able to live a holy, spiritually mature life with a mask on. So we have to make the choice to be vulnerable and take, take off of our mask. Take off our mask. Yes. We have to take it off. We have to let people see us as we are. Each one of these ladies has to trust that God will love them as they are, that they, he will help them to become who he wants them to become, and he will. And we all have to realize we're all imperfect. Did you know that? None of us are perfect. We are all imperfect. And together, all of us together, 
Standing together, we can make each other stronger. If we can do these two things, imagine what God can do through his church. The end of that verse said that all of God's laws that Moses gave and all the prophets who wrote came from these two things. Love God and love others. Our vision here at Harrison Faith is loving people and inspiring them to live like Jesus every day. Thank you, ladies. You can be seated. I appreciate you doing that. That was just, you know, a simple little illustration, but that's kind of how we all are spiritually. We're hiding, but we need each other. I think one of my favorite things is this spring has been our women's Bible study on Wednesday nights. It has been such a blessing, and we have all gotten to know each other so much, and and it's been encouraging, and we've lifted each other up, and it's just been such a blessing because we need that connection. And no matter what group you become a part of, whether it's a life group, the mops, the mothers of preschoolers, the women, the men, um, on Wednesday nights, there's life groups on other nights. Um, no matter what you become a part of, you need to find a connection somewhere, and you need to make that. So why is this so important, to love God and love others? Why is this so important that he said all the laws fall on these two things? Well, number one, because God says so. You know, as parents, we use that, right? Because I said so, right? I said so. And, you know, we get a lot of, you know, um, you know, our kids don't like when we say that to them. But the truth is, is there's sometimes they just don't understand why we are telling them to do something. And we have to say, I said so, just because. Well, God said so. But the second reason is because we were not meant to do life alone. You know, this week, just as a short little example, I was having really bad anxiety. Now, don't get me wrong. I always get anxious when I have to speak because, this, as I said, it's not my comfort zone. I always get anxious. But this was a whole new level. I was having anxiety attacks, panic attacks. It started a whole week ago, and everything was prepared and ready to go. It wasn't like I was, you know, stressing because nothing was, I mean, it was just, I, could, I knew it was from the enemy. I knew he was coming against me. So what I did is I prayed and I just said, Lord, you're going to have to come in here in this place where I am, this hot mess circle that I'm in right now, and you're going to have to help me. I cannot do this on my own. I don't know how to let go of this anxiety. And you know, within, I mean, not even five minutes, I was praying while I was getting ready. I sat down to do my devotion and I opened my devotion to that day And it said, Acts 1-8, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. He will give you power. And he will give you the strength to give everyone my message. I was like, thank you, Lord. I mean, that's all I had to do is ask the Lord for help. And just like that, he gave me. And the second thing he did, he had a dear friend who texted me almost exactly at the same time and gave me a confirmation that she had been praying for me and what her message was that morning in her devotion was confirmation for me. And so right there in that moment of just having some anxiety and reaching out to the Lord, he helped me and I had a friend reach out to me and help me. And that's what's important. That's what we need. We're not supposed to be going through this life alone. We need each other. So talking about hypocrisy, not supposed to be having hypocrisy in our life, what's the antidote? How we get rid of it? Sincerity. 
If hypocrisy makes us blind to God's presence in our lives, sincerity opens the eyes of our heart to find him everywhere. And so we're called to reject hypocrisy and embrace sincerity. And I want to I give you three things real quick. As the musicians come, I'm going to give you three key areas in our lives. First, we're called to be sincere in our relationship with God. We never we should never try to impress God or put on a show for him or change him into the God of our own making. We simply open our hearts like little children. He can touch us, transform us. He can fill our hearts. He knows our hearts. He knows our thoughts and our minds. We can't hide that from him. Second of all, we must be sincere in our relationships with ourselves. We must never lie to ourselves about the reasons we do things. We should never make false excuses or immaturely pass the buck. We must take responsibility for our actions, good or bad, confident that God can fix whatever we break. And third, we are called to be sincere in our words. You know, it's easy to distort the truth when we talk. We like to flatter people. We like to try to make them admire us. And we say things that aren't really true, or maybe we say things that are an exaggeration. Proverbs 26, verses 24 through 26 says, Kind words can be a cover to conceal hatred of others, for hypocrisy loves to hide behind flattery. So don't be drawn in by the hypocrite, for his gracious speech is a charade, nothing but a masquerade, covering his hatred and evil on parade. Don't worry, he can't keep that mask on for long. One day his hypocrisy will be exposed before all the world. Ooh, that doesn't feel so good, does it? Now, we don't have to tell everything to everyone. Um, we always have to be faithful in what we say, especially when we're witnessing in our faith. We've talked about this in some of the women's Bible studies we've done about being authentic or real. And some of the ladies were like, um, how real do we need to be? I don't really want to share everything about myself with everyone. I went to a conference one time, and I went to a breakout session. It was for pastor's wives, and I, I always remember this one thing that she said. It was about authenticity. And this is how she explained it. Authenticity is the truth of your words and actions. Transparency is how much of that authenticity we show others. So we're authentic to everyone, but we're transparent to a few. Our world needs sincere followers of Christ who are not afraid to share their faith with the world. The goal has never been for us to be perfect, but to have deep love for one another. It is in the imperfect that we lay relational bricks of humility, honesty, acceptance, kindness, forgiveness, and grace. And these breathe fresh winds of authenticity and vulnerability. And this is the last question I have for you. Do people know we are followers of Christ by the sincerity of what we say and do? I want to pray two prayers this morning before the worship team comes. First of all, if you're here and you've never accepted Christ in your heart, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. And I don't want you to be alone, so I'm going to ask everyone in this congregation to pray this prayer with me. If you want to bow your heads, close your eyes, I want you to just repeat this after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. 
and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and my life. I want to trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. It's that simple. That's that simple to ask him into your life. And then one more prayer I want to pray is for those of us who are wearing masks. Lord, I just thank you for this day and thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to be here. But God, every single one of us in this place want to be who you truly created us to be. We're here for a purpose. We're here to be your children and we're here to show others your love and give others your message of the good news. And God, we can't do that when we're always hiding behind our mask and hiding behind the veil. We can never be who you've called us to be. God, I pray that you would help us today to realize what we're doing, that you would help us to be more vulnerable, that you would help us to be more authentic, that you would help us to realize that we cannot do life alone. We can't make it. We have to have you in our lives first and foremost, and we have to have each other. God, I just pray that you would help us to do those two things today, God. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, two last things of instructions I want to give you. For all of you lovely ladies that are here today, um, our worship team has a very special song for you today that they're going to do, and I'm excited about that. And then secondly, when you leave this place today, there's going to be some young men standing out in the foyer. I want every single lady that's here to take a gift with you. I've got a gift for each one of you ladies. And I hope you all have a happy Mother's Day. <laughs>